Welcome to Adulting 101 with your host, Melissa White. As adults, we struggle with savings, investments, networking, parenting, personal branding, and the list goes on. Join Melissa as she seeks the answers to your adulting questions. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adulting 101. Today I have a very, very special guest on the episode with me today. I have Kara Alwill-Labor. I hope I didn't butcher your name too badly. No, you said it perfect. Okay, so she is a best-selling author, a master life coach, and the creator of the Champagne Diet blog. She encourages women to live their most effervescent lives, celebrate themselves every day, and make their happiness a priority. She has over 4 million listeners worldwide um, who tune into her podcast, Style Your Mind. I'm one of those persons, like every like every time you put out the episode, I'm like, yes! Yay! <laughs> so on her episodes each week, you know, she has those powerful conversations and she delivers a mega dose of inspiration. She is the author of eight best-selling books that have inspired women around the world to step into their power and fulfill their potential. Hi, Kara. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I am so excited for having you here as well. So um, in my email that I sent, you know, as I said, when I first found out about you and your podcast, like I was at a time in my life where I was like, you know, this can't be life. There, there has to be more. And I started listening to you and I swear I listened to like every episode in like one day <laughs> because it was, it was so good. And like every time I listen to your podcast, I feel like I can actually conquer the world. Oh, that makes me so happy. Thank you. Right. So can you just, um, for your, the persons who listen to my podcast who may not know about you, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm an author and a podcast host and an all-around entrepreneur. I do a lot of different things, but I started my journey, I guess, into what I do now 10 years ago with a blog called The Champagne Diet. And I was very much like Melissa, like you, in a space of where, you know, I was like, is this my life? You know, it was 10 years ago, I was working a corporate job and I just felt like, could this be it? Is this all there is? I'm not fulfilled. I'm not creative every day. I'm not inspired every day. I'm kind of just going through the motions. And I started my blog because I really just wanted a creative outlet. I wanted a place to, you know, share my writing, which is always what I wanted to do. I always dreamed of being an author. And I started the blog just as a space for me to kind of journal what I was going through. And through that experience with my blog, I decided, I knew that I wanted to write a book. And that's part of the reason why I started the blog to kind to build the platform. But I knew that I loved connecting with women. So I'm sure you, you get a lot of emails probably from people who listen to your podcast that say they were inspired. And, right. you know, that was happening to me with this blog. This is way before podcasts were around or at least were popular. And I was getting these messages from these women and I was just, you know, so excited. And it gave me a sense of purpose that I wasn't finding in my full-time career, right? So I started to think like, well, how can I turn this into something that I could actually, you know, make a living off of because I wasn't making any money on the blog. And that's really when the idea to become a life coach happened because I thought, you know, I have this audience. I have these women who really want help. They want someone who's going to listen to them, somebody who's going to guide them and help them through their own transformations. Cause I had, you know, I was a couple steps ahead. I had sort of gone through my own 
and I became a coach. And through the past 10 years, I have, you know, had clients around the world. I've written and self-published many books. I have the podcast. I have a little fashion business that I'm running now. So I'm just really dedicated to, you know, creating an impact in the world and showing women that anything is possible. You know, I came from very humble beginnings, was raised by a single mom. My dad was not in the picture, did not, you know, take care of us. And my mom put herself through school and worked two jobs. And I, you know, I was able to really build something from nothing. And that's always been just what I'm so passionate about sharing with women, that everybody has the opportunity to, you know, take control of their lives and live the life they truly want to live. Right. And um, one reason that um, I was able to send you that email was because I remember there was an episode, I can't remember which one, and you were saying, you know, send the email that you want to send, start a business you want to start. And I was like, okay, I want to send the email. Yeah. You know, I always say like, what's the worst that could happen? The person doesn't respond or the person says no. I've been told no so many times. And honestly, that just pushes me forward and makes me work harder. Right. So... What I really kind of wanted to get through this episode is confidence because as adults, which, you know, my podcast really focuses on that as adults, you know, we struggle with confidence, whether it's, you know, maybe how we were raised or sometimes we may not feel like we're good enough. Like, how did you get from... Because I know, you know, I know your story well, like you started at MTV. (laughs) Like, how did you get the confidence to say, you know what... I'm not doing this anymore. Like I want to go out on my own and I know that I can do this. Like you, oh, the, the confidence level, where was it at that time? You know, I was definitely scared. I was afraid, but I knew that I had passion. And I think that's really the thing that has always driven me. It's not so much that I have this unshakable confidence at all times, but I know that I love what I do. And I always feel like if I could just keep my passion at the forefront, if I can just let that drive me, that will make me successful. And I think that goes for everybody who's listening, who has something that they really, really love. You know, you can learn a skill, you can practice, you can gain experience from doing something, you can get better at what you do, you can take courses, but nothing will match the passion that you have in your heart. And I think that's where real confidence comes from because we're able to tap into that and to know that it's this, you know, this never ending source of inspiration and motivation and drive to keep doing what you do. So, I was confident, but I was also really scared because I had all these ideas in my head of like, well, what if it fails? And, you know, what if I can't pay my rent and I can't pay my bills and I have to go back to work? And that was my worst fear. Like, I just, I couldn't, the thought of going back to work was like a nightmare for me. So I had to really rely on this, this inner sense of, you know, like my spiritual GPS, my intuition, right? My gut feeling and knowing that I was meant for more in the world and I was meant to do what we love. I think we all are. Right. Um, so on those days where you really don't feel like getting out of bed, you you just want to stay there because you're like, I just <laughs> don't want to do this right now. Or you just see how many things you have to do. How, how do you get yourself out of bed? Well, the first thing I always do is rely on my gratitude practice. So every single day when I wake up, before I look at my phone, before I put my feet on the floor, I think of five things that I'm grateful for. And they're really simple things. It's usually like the fact that I got up, which is not a simple thing because we're all blessed every single day to be able to wake up alive and healthy. That's always my first one. You know, I'm thankful for my husband, for my dog, for my home, my career, my passion, all these different things. And that always starts me off on the right foot. It snaps me out of 
of whatever funk I'm in. It helps me get over that exhaustion that I may be feeling. I mean, it happened today. I didn't sleep last night for some reason. I just could not turn my brain off. And by the time I got to bed, it was like 4 a.m. And I, when I woke up, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to get through the day? Because I'm so tired. Right. And I just, I started with gratitude. And then I just did like whatever I could do little by little. And I took some of the pressure off myself. I said, okay, if I could just get my podcast up today, if I could just post one thing on social media and that starts to create a chain reaction. And you, you know, listen, every day is not going to be a hundred miles an hour of like awesome, you know, motivation and, and hustle. But if you could just start small and take baby steps and give yourself a little bit of credit, I think that has always helped me. Right. Um, I'm sure you have a lot of women who come to you because um, this is something that I struggle with. Um, I am like one of the youngest persons at my job. And <clears throat> a lot of times people have to come to me for advice. Like they have to report to me. But I have this feeling where I'm like, I'm younger than you and I'm talking to you, but I don't really have that confidence to really say what I need to say to you. What would you tell somebody in, you know, in that shoe? Well, I think it's important to know that you're in the position you're in for a reason. So your boss believes in you and believes that you can do your job. So always remind yourself of that. You know, we're, we're, it's never an accident where we are in life. I really believe that. And I, I think it sounds like what you're saying is kind of like imposter syndrome, which a lot of very high achieving successful women struggle with. In fact, 70% of people have admitted to feeling like imposters at some point in their life. And one of my clients actually, who's also a life coach gave me really good advice once. And she said, you know, think about how it would feel if a real imposter was doing your job. So if somebody came along who had no idea what was going on in your in your job, in your office, and didn't have any skills and didn't know the people that they were managing, what would that really look like? So it helps you realize that you have a lot more experience and right to be there than maybe you believe you do because you wouldn't be there in the first place and you wouldn't be trusted with that. So just mm-hmm. kind of like rely on that, tap into that feeling and know that, you know, you're fully capable. Right. Wow. That's, yeah, I tell you, you know, like every time I listen to you, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like so ready. Um, so as an op- entrepreneur for you, you have like a lot of businesses. So, um, you know, you have your podcast, you have your books, you have, you know, your fashion, you're like, I see you trying, yeah, I see you bringing back vintage style. In. <laughs> um, you know, and I know you have the, the healthy lifestyle part of it. Like, how do you manage all of that and then still be a wife and then still have fun with your friends? Like, like how do you balance all of that? <laughs> Oh my gosh, my brain looks like a computer, like a browser with like 25,000 tabs open at all times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like totally chaotic in my head. But, you know, I, I think I kind of like, I work from a place of inspired action. So when you see me posting, like, for example, the vintage stuff that I'm selling now and that whole, you know, thing that I'm working on, it's coming from a place of like, I just can't not do it. It's coming from this place of inspiration. And then I'll shift gears. You know, it always kind of flows like that in my business. In a few weeks, maybe I'll be talking more about healthy eating and living and cooking. And then in a few weeks, it'll be more business focused. So I really allow myself to respond to whatever my gut is telling me to focus on in the moment because I have to do what I love. I, I can't, you know, I don't work with an editorial calendar. I don't schedule my posts. I don't plan my year out in advance. 
I really just go with whatever I'm feeling in the moment because I think the energy that comes through when you work from that space is very different than if you feel like you have to be talking about something on a specific day. So there's no real balance. I think it's just more well, well-roundedness. Right. And I allow myself to kind of explore all those different interests and passions that I have and, you know, give them my all when I'm with them, when I'm focused on them. Right. Um, I remember you were doing a dry month once. I don't remember which one it was. And then, you know, after a while you were saying that, you know what, I started this journey, but right now I feel like I'm fo- I'm eating healthy, so I don't necessarily have to do it like this. Mm-hmm. How do you, like, if, you know, if somebody's looking at you and they're saying, well, you started this, I know you're stopping and we're looking up to you, like, how do you say, okay, you know what? It's fine. I don't have to do it like how I said I was going to do it. I can do my journey another way. Because that's something that I think we as humans, we suffer with. Because we might start something and then we don't want to do it. But then we feel like we're going to let somebody down. But it's really about us. How can we put ourselves you know, in the forefront and say, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's okay. That's a great question. So yeah, so you're talking about when I did, um, it was dry August. I wasn't drinking for the month of August. And I said, well, I'm going to take a little break. And then like midway through the month, I was like, I'm in the mood for a glass of champagne and I'm going to have it. And I think the key to everything that I do personally is storytelling and very honest storytelling. So I don't, I never want anyone to look up to me in a way where they put me on a pedestal or they think that I'm perfect or I'm, you know, not human because I'm totally human and I have bad days and I have moments where I break down and I have moments where I change my mind and that doesn't make me a bad person and it doesn't make you a bad person if you want to change your mind about something or anyone who's listening. And I think we put so much pressure on ourselves as women to you know, be boxed into something and to, you know, to stick to things that we said we we're going to do. And we put all this guilt on ourselves if it's not working anymore. And I've, as I've gotten older, I've just become this person that really responds best to my intuition. So in that case, you know, I said, you know, this isn't working anymore and I'm going to own it and I'm going to be honest about it. I could have pretended that I was like, you know, not going to have a glass of wine or whatever for the whole month and I'm going to be super healthy. But the reality was I felt like it and I was in a really good vibe that day and I was in a good mood with friends and I had a glass of wine and I was, I lived, I survived, (laughs) you know, and I told the story and people I think respond really well to that because they see that you're human and they are human as well. So when it comes to putting yourself out there in line, I think the key is really just to be very transparent and very real. And I think that the right people are going to resonate with that. Right. That's that's really true, because that's that's a reason why I gravitate so much to you, because you're always just seeing how it is. It's like, OK, you know, I'm tired and, and that's OK, you know, yeah. Um, like I'm feeling a lot of energy and, and that's good. But like, I think a lot of us just feel like we always have to be going at 100. We always have to be busy. We always have to be doing this and we don't really step back a lot of times and say, you know what? I don't feel like doing this right now. And and that's okay. Um, another thing I noticed with you is that you, it's all about self-care for you. And, and that's another thing that we as adults, we always feel like we have to be going at 100, doing this, doing that, busy, busy, busy. How important is self-care for you? Oh my God, self-care is everything. And that is something that I started really, you know, 
feeling like I needed to do when I was working in my corporate job, when I was at MTV, because I didn't have a lot of time for myself. And I, I was burning the candle at both ends. I was side hustling and building this business and working. And as soon as I started to realize that it wasn't just okay to slow down, but it was necessary to slow down, that's when things really changed for me. And again, letting go of the guilt because we put so much pressure on ourselves to do it all. But eventually you're going to crash and burn and you're going to be doing things at a lower level. You know, you're going to be like kind of like stifling yourself because you're so tired and exhausted. So self-care is everything. Self-care doesn't have to take up a lot of time. It doesn't have to be super expensive. There are so many things you can do. I mean, even just eating well and eating more vegetables, drinking more water, getting a good night's sleep. You know, I do little things like I light my candles every morning when I wake up and I, I have them you know, I set an intention when I light my candle and at night I light them and when I blow them out, I, you know, I make a little wish or something. Those things count as self-care, you know, like eating off of a pretty plate instead of eating out of like the microwave container, you know, if you heat up your dinner, <laughs> right. like, you know, buying yourself flowers from the grocery store for like five or $10, like all of that stuff to me really makes a difference because it's about the intention behind it. It's not about the thing you're doing or you know, the actual act, but it's about the fact that you took a step back and you felt like you were worthy of that time. Right, right. Um, something I've always been interested in is why women? Because Why do I? I like when you speak, you always say, you know, hi, ladies. You know, <laughs> why did you decide to focus on women? Well, I think women are, we are our own animal. You know, we are a very specific type of energy. And I just, I've, I'm such a girly girl. I've always loved everything feminine and glamorous and pretty. And I just, I vibe with women when it comes to, you know, sharing things. And I guess because I am one and right. because I can relate, you know, and I, I noticed that, you know, a lot of guys actually do listen to me and read my books and I'll hear from men who are like, oh, that was an inspiring podcast. I'm like, you listen to that? Like, <laughs> so I guess a lot of the advice is universal, but it's just always just been a very natural thing for me to to help women and to be able to share what I'm going through because I think it's relatable to them. Right. That's a good question, though. I never really thought about it. Yeah, <laughs> no one ever actually not I asked me. I always wanted to say, you know, because I'm sure that there are guys that listen to yeah. you. I was just always like, you know. Um, so let's move to your books now. Like, um, how did you started, how did you start with the books? Well, I always knew I wanted to be an author, you know, from the time I was like in second grade, I knew I did a school project and I wrote this little book myself and I, you know, put it together with like felt paper and cardboard and like, I always dreamed of being an author. And when I started, you know, writing and, and when I created my blog and the whole idea behind the champagne diet, which was actually inspired by like a real glass of champagne, um, again, going back to that like celebration, kind of feminine, glamorous vibe, I knew I had an idea for a book there. So, you know, I tried to get a book deal the traditional way. I had my whole dream of like, you know, sex in the city, like Carrie Bradshaw, this writer in New York, <laughs> I thought that I was going to have this like big book party and big launch. And it didn't work out that way for me. And my first book got rejected 19 times from 19 publishers, wow. which is crazy. I don't even know there were 19 publishers. I was like, oh, wow, here's an <laughs> another no. <laughs> yeah. And like that was the time that um, the self-publishing world was really starting to change and the landscape was changing and it was becoming 
more accessible for authors to self-publish their own work and more popular. And it was, you know, not, didn't have such a, you know, such a kind of, it had like a bad rap, I think, for a while. You know, people would self-publish because they couldn't get a deal. And then all of a sudden it turned around and people were self-publishing because they could actually keep a lot more of the revenue from their books and they didn't have to give it all away to the publishers and they were building their own platforms to share on. So I self-published my first book in 2012 and then I did a few more. And then when I did my book Girl Code in 2015, I self-published it and that book just took off. For whatever reason, it took off. It really put me on the map. And a few, two years later, a year and a half later, uh, a major publisher, Penguin Random House, the same publisher that did Girl Boss, which is Sophia Morosa's book right. and Seth Godin's work, they approached me. And they said, hey, we want to do a book with you, and we also want to re-release Girl Code and, you know, take it under our wing and, you know, get it translated in different languages around the world and put it in bookstores and airports. So I did that, and I did Like She Owns the Place with them, and we re-launched Girl Code. And that's kind of been my story, my publishing journey. Very long story short, but right. it's been many years in the making, and I've learned so much about it. And I think it's cool because I've been able to be like on both sides. So I've had the deal, and then I've done it on my own, and I've learned a lot from both experiences. So how did you feel like, I mean, 19 times you hear no, like at that point, I know some people would just be like, you know what? this is obviously not not for me I, I'm not <laughs> gonna do this how did you just keep going well I'm a rebel at heart <laughs> I'm very mm -hmm. rebellious I like to do things my own way and if somebody tells me no I'm gonna figure out a way to make it happen so it kind of lit this fire in me and I started to think like you know, I'm not putting my life in the hands of some editor at some publishing house that doesn't know me, that doesn't believe in me. Like, I'm not going to let them tell me who I can be in this world. So it really drove me. And I had an audience. I had been building the blog for a few years at that point, I think like four years. You know, so I had a decent audience on Twitter and Facebook. I had a little newsletter and I had girls who believed in me and who wanted the, to see my work in a book. And I just put blinders on and I just got so focused and I said, I'm just going to do this. Whatever happens, happens. I have to just, you know, kind of cross this off my bucket list and do this book. However it looks, it's going to be. And if it's successful, that's great. If it's not, fine. But it was just something that I wasn't going to let someone else determine for me. Right. Um, and your latest book, um, Like She Owns a Place, can you share a little bit, you know, what was your vision behind that book? Um and how, how it's doing so far? Yeah, so, you know, I'll take it back to Girl Code because that book, Like She Owns a Place, is sort of like what was inspired by Girl Code because Girl Code is all about women supporting women in business, and it's all about women, you know, doing what they love and leaving their day jobs and pursuing these passions and having these amazing careers. But I realized that one of the main things that holds women back from being able to do that is confidence. So like she owns the place is a deeper dive into what it takes to really develop a strong sense of self and to be a really self-assured woman in a world that really does everything to shoot us down and to keep us down as women. You know, if you open any magazine, it's like, get flatter abs, get rid of your wrinkles, you know, mm -hmm. buy this 
purse, buy these shoes. And there's such toxic messaging in the media. I mean, even in the political landscape now in the United States, it's just, it's horrible. And women are just really oppressed in so many ways. And it's very difficult for women all around the world to, you know, to kind of get through and and be able to feel good about themselves. So the book is really a love letter to women everywhere. And it really helps you figure out what it takes to be confident and vulnerable and own it and love yourself and get rid of that messaging and that programming in your brain that tells you that you're not enough. And I hope that it empowers women to know that they are enough right now exactly as they are. Okay. Uh, Do you have like a favorite chapter in the book? Ooh, favorite chapter. I don't know. Um, (laughs) You know, hmm, that's a really hard question to answer. I feel like they're all important. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like they're all important in their own way. I mean, I love the first chapter where I talk about when I dyed my hair pink because I learned, you know, so much about myself and I always wanted to dye my hair pink, but I was so afraid of what people would think. And I, you know, I finally just did it and it took me years to do it. And then as soon as I did it, all these women would come up to me and be like, I wish I could do that. But, you know, I'm afraid of what people will say about me or, you know, my kids will be embarrassed of me or what if I look stupid? And going through that experience, even though it's just hair, it was so transformative for me because it was a way to kind of show the world, like, this is who I am and this is what makes me happy. And there is no... um, bigger test of your confidence than walking around with pink hair because everybody turns their head. Everybody looks at you. Everyone (laughs) makes a comment. So that really was a, you know, an example of what it looked like to own it. And I I hope that it inspired other women to own it in whatever way makes sense for them. Right. And that is definitely something I know I struggle with. A lot of people struggle with is you want to do something, but you're so afraid of what other people are going to think and 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 i also think i'm going to take it a step further is that in your mind you're making up that narrative of what they are going to think and honestly they may not even care or they might be like wow that's really cool yes so it that's definitely something that we you know struggle with and you know i'm really happy that you have this book out and I'm I'm just really as as I said like in my email you are really a gift to us women because you know we look at you and we say okay it can be done like if I want to dye my hair purple I can and 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 it's okay you know oh thank you (laughs) thank you I really try to just live by example and again I'm not perfect in any way shape or form but I just try to share what I've learned and if I can just help one woman who was maybe, you know, going through something that I've been through or something that I can help her navigate, like that to me is like what I feel like I'm put on this earth to do. Like I just genuinely want to help people. Right. So what are, I'm going to put you on the spot now. <laughs> what are like <laughs> three things that you would want to tell, you know, every woman out there? Three things. Okay. Number one, you have everything you need inside of you to be who you're meant to be. Number two, guilt is an illusion. So you can choose another feeling just as easily. If you're choosing to feel guilty, you can choose to feel empowered. Mm -hmm. And well, no, that was number two. Number three is, let's see. Huh. Number three, just go for it. You know, stop waiting for permission. I think we wait. We wait for someone to tell us it's okay. We wait for approval from people. And, you know, life is just so short. I feel like I've said that 
so many times just this week alone to people and, you know, just stop waiting, do what you need to do. The worst thing in the world is to look back and regret something, regret something you didn't do. So, you know, when I look back at things I've done, I'm like, wow, imagine if I would have not written my book, like I wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be having this conversation. And so just go for it. Right. Awesome. Um, so where can we find you? Um, tell us your website, where we can get the where we can get your books, um, your Instagram. Sure. Okay, so my website is super easy. It's the com, and my Instagram is the same thing. So it's at the champagne diet. And my books are in bookstores, they are in um, they're on Amazon, so anywhere online where books are sold. Okay, awesome. And is there anything that you might want to say that we probably didn't touch on tonight? No, I just want to thank you so much for having me. This was an amazing experience and so great to chat with you. So thanks for having me on. Yes, thank you so much again, Kiran. I hope you get some rest tonight. Just turn your thank brain you. off. It's going to be okay and get some rest tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye.